there are three common forms of hair loss in women. No matter what type you have, they aren't something you should have to suffer with. Hair Active from Primrose Leaf helps slow down hair loss and provides your hair and your scalp with proper nutrition. Join the thousands of people who are back to combing and brushing their hair again. Hair Active strengthens hair, improves texture, and increases fullness. Call Primrose Leaf today, 844-376-0007. That's 844-376-0007. Or visit us at primroseleaf.com. Multifaceted American jazz pianist and composer Emmett Cohen is one of the pivotal figures in music and the related arts today. Leader of the Emmett Cohen Trio and creator of the Masters Legacy series, he is an internationally acclaimed jazz artist, a dedicated educator, and the winner of the 2019 American Pianist Awards. His artistry has taken him to venues and festivals in over 30 countries and has released over 10 albums as leader and has performed or recorded with the likes of Ron Carter, Benny Golson, and Jimmy Cobb, George Coleman, and many, many others. So ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome internationally acclaimed jazz artist, the one and the only Emmett Cohen. Welcome to the show. Brother Ward, how are you? Nice to see you here. Thanks for having me. Hey, you are very, very welcome. First off, hey, how did you fall in love with jazz? Uh, well, it was a gradual thing. I started playing uh, Suzuki piano. Uh, and Suzuki piano is a method where you, you don't even know how to read English yet. So I started at three years old and it's an aural method. So the teacher plays and you, and you listen and you play back. And that's what jazz is about. It's an oral tradition. So years later, I think it caught up to me and I said, you know, how do I, how, how do I express myself within this oral tradition? And I made that shift to class, from classical to jazz. And I just love improvisation. I love the feeling of swing and I love the joy and, and, and improvisation with other people, um, especially around the globe. One of the most special things in the world. You know, it's amazing when I, I talk to so many recording artists that literally have learned by ear. And many of them, they don't know how to read sheet music or they, they know how to, to write a song, but everything is going by a feel or a particular vibe. But you literally started off learning by ear and I have been told by other uh, musicians that jazz is considered one of the hardest types of music to learn. Is that true? You know, it's like a language. Uh, so, sometimes languages come naturally to people, uh, and if you love if you love it and you immerse yourself in it, 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 it can it can come faster. And uh, I was lucky to grow up in a in a household where my parents loved music, took me to see uh, Broadway, opera, jazz, classical musical theater, you know, all, all this kinds of stuff. And so I got a taste of taste of all of it. And, and you know, I always say when, when children ask me, uh, a lot of times we do master classes and educational things, when children say, you know, what was the moment you knew you wanted to be a jazz musician? And I always say, well, have you seen Harry Potter? And they say, yeah. And I say, well, how, how did Harry choose his wand? And they say, well, the, the wand chose him. And it's, it's that kind of thing where it's like, you know, I couldn't ima imagine doing anything else. It was like this lifestyle sucked me in, chose me and, and presented me with some opportunities. And uh, as I've, I've been able to, to grow and, and bring it around the world, I realized that, that, that the gift is to share the music with as many people as possible and, uh, and shrink the world and, and, and borders and bring people together in the process. Well, you know, that's the greatest thing about music is that it's something that we can sit by ourselves to listen to. It's also uh, 
where music just brings people together to to listen, to enjoy, to just to to soak in. I don't know. I guess it's it's like it's a music it's a musical emotion is what it really is. And uh, do you have a particular way of songwriting? Um, there are a few there are a few ways. Uh, you know, uh, one one of my uh, favorite compositions that I that I've written in in memory is is a tribute to uh, a friend of mine who passed away so it's a way of honoring you know composition can be a way, way of honoring those who have moved on uh I'll, that that tune is called toast to low on a record called future stride on the latest record i wrote a piece called spilling the tea which is uh you know i've been known to to be a gossip gossiper or or to like to uh you know to stir the pot a little bit that's 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 what we do um but that that tune is kind of like an original ragtime thing <clears throat> based in uh in the tradition of harlem where i live and uh for those of you who don't know uh we started a live stream in 2020 during the pandemic called live from emmett's place and what it basically is is a harlem rent party 100 years later now in the roaring 20s uh, we're in the Roaring Twenties today. There's a bit of a Harlem Renaissance going on with all the artists, uh, but it was a very fertile time. We started this rent party, and instead of inviting people from the neighborhood, uh, we invited everyone from around the world uh, to to come into the living room. It was our own tiny desk concert, and so that tune was a direct uh, composition that had to do with the history of Harlem and the style, but an updated version. And then that's what life is about: updating uh, what we've learned from the past. Well, you have a brand new album, Uptown in Orbit. What's the inspiration behind this new album? So Uptown is, we, we live in Harlem, and that's the, that's the spot where, where, where uh, a lot of musicians live, a lot of people coming together, sharing ideas and thoughts. Um, and, and Orbit is, is the fact that we let everyone into our orbit and what we want to do with the music is include as many people as possible and positively affect their lives let people into our circle and uh and have them be part of this this great movement we have going on well was it birth from the pandemic um yeah well we've been touring and playing and, and everything for a long time but uh the live stream uh called live from emmett's place was a pandemic inspired um it was a silver lining, I like to call it, because you know there was a lot of uh, tragedy in that time. But uh, what we were able to do was 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 be a lighthouse, a place for pe people to come once a week and share this two-hour concert. As of this taping, we've done 104 two-hour concerts. They used to be every week. We're down to a, uh, once a month now, and we've invited all kinds of guests, ranging uh, in, from ages 18 to. 93 we had a 93 year old uh, up in this apartment on the show and it's been just a great portrait of new york city and the jazz scene and and uh, everywhere we go people have have seen the show and are so excited and uh, now we we've, we've been doing remote uh live from emma's places so i just got back from a gig in seoul korea and we what we do at Emma's Place, we invite guests to come and join us and be a part of our musical experience. We invited some Korean musicians to, to come and join us. And it was just this wonderful uh, cultural exchange. And so it's germinated and developed in, in more ways than we could have imagined. Well, what is the reaction to audiences? So you've been touring in Asia. What is the reaction from that type of audience versus those in America when it comes to jazz? Uh, I think the reaction is 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 an individual thing, um, where you know some people hear the music and they just need to shout and they just need to be like, "Woo, this is you know, I, you know, 
<laughs> just like they would in, in New Orleans or, so, or, or or Chicago or Detroit. If they hear something they like, they're like, yeah, baby. Um, and, you know, and, 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 and some people, you know, they don't, they, they don't express themselves like that. They, they're, they more sit back and take it in and enjoy it in that way. Um, and so you, you find similar things in, in, in different places, uh, in general, the, the, the Japanese audience is usually a little more reserved and show their appreciation at the end of the tune. Uh, the musicians in Korea, uh, the, the musicians in Korea were a lot of the listeners there and, you know, we play something and they'd be like, woo, you know, uh, contributing to the to the to the exchange between uh performer and audience and that inspires us to you know maybe go for a risk we wouldn't have gone for improvisationally or you know keep going one more one more course and take it to a higher level um and uh and and we always appreciate that in, interaction but ev everywhere is a little bit different but what we find is is really the 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 heart of humanity is is common the people who want to hear this music and to interact with, with jazz and improvisational music um they're they're the people who want to see a better world a more peaceful world uh a, a more compassionate uh human human uh, body and uh that's that's our goal out on the road is, is to promote those kinds of values well i i was listening to your new album uptown uh in orbit and i was sitting there listen listening to every single song and for me it was it was almost like listening to the history of jazz brought into the modern world. And for a lot of my viewers and listeners out there that may not be completely familiar with jazz, unless they've seen a movie that was staged back, you know, if the timeline was the 20s or the 30s or the 40s. And you brought a mention about Chicago and New Orleans. When it comes, I know when it comes to blues, there's a different sound of Chicago blues and Memphis blues and New Orleans. Is there a difference in sound when it comes to jazz in those demographics? Uh, historically, yes, New Orleans is is the, the original melting pot. So that's where the, the ragtime uh, was being played um, and, and Spanish and French and German and, and uh, Irish cultures, they all kind of melted, mel melded together there. Um, and from there, uh, the music went through to a couple of places, went to Kansas City, and that was kind of like more of a, of, a, of a stomp. You know, you think of Count Basie Orchestra, and it's like, you know, dance music. The music also went to Chicago, and that's more kind of like down-home bluesy, how, how you described earlier. And then it went to New York, which is like the mecca, the, you know, the most intense, which is the modern melting, melting pot. You know, in New York, you can get authentic anything. Um, and the intensity of New York also contributes to uh, to to the kind of music you'll hear. So uh, when you when you when you hear music, hear jazz music in New York, um, it's usually uh, at at the highest level, just because the largest concentration of musicians uh, are there. And there's a jazz club called Smalls Jazz Club uh, down on West Tenth and Seventh Ave. And I always say that's like the center of the jazz universe. It's like a, a basement that holds maybe 100, 120 people or so. And uh, people come from all over the world to cut their teeth in New York. You know, I, when I first moved here, I was there every night uh, trying to get some gigs, trying to play with the legends, trying to meet everyone. And, and that feeling for me is, is, is something very, um, uh, very unique to, to the New York experience. And so, you know, if you want to be a jazz musician, anywhere in the world you have to spend a little time in new york and just feel what that feels like and then you can kind of bring it back to wherever you go in the world well when i listened to your new album 
it's like I could hear jazz like it was played a hundred years ago. And then it's almost like the history of jazz really comes through your fingers. So who were your influences in the areas of jazz? Well, I, lo I, I love the history. You know, you don't have to be a historian to play music. You know, you just have to be a human being. Um, uh, and, and for me, it's, it's, uh, there, I've had a lot of mentors and older musicians. Uh, you name some of them in the bio, but having a chance to play with musicians like Ron Carter or, or, or George Coleman or Benny Golson, and, and they've been around Duke Ellington, and they've been around Louis Armstrong and uh, Thelonious Monk, and 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 you know these names that that you do know, um, you know to to get a little piece of that and what what those people meant to the fabric of the society, what those people meant for, uh, for civil rights issues in, in, in America. You know, they were fighting for so, so much and, um, and to honor that history is, is one of the great gifts. And so, you know, I try to absorb as much as I can um, from, from the elders and listen to all different kinds of music. But those are some of my influences, Duke Ellington, Louis Armstrong, uh, Fats Waller, uh, um, Scott Joplin, uh, I love a pianist named Cedar Walton, um, and Herbie Hancock. You know, there's so many from, from different eras, from, from different pieces. And the more uh, I exist on the earth, the more I've, I uncover some, some, somebody that like, oh, wow, this guy plays really great, you know, and now I hear what he's doing, you know, I'm going to do something like that too. And, you know, then he started to steal little bits and pieces from, from hundreds of influences and, and then they melt away and, and, and you, you, you can just relax and just be yourself. And that's what the music's really about, you know, trying to, trying to just be yourself. And that's what it teaches other people too. It's like, it's okay to, to, just, to just relax and just be, and just be who you are and be where you are. And, uh, and you know, music has a lot of, a lot of lessons that are, that are important for certain people on their journeys. Well, you know, as I was listening to your album and it was, it was the jazz that, you know, you would hear back in the twenties in the thirties and the forties. And I could hear that through your playing because I, I was kind of, I guess I was more used to of a more, uh, I guess, slow type jazz that a lot of people will resonate to in modern day. But you, you, I mean, the moment I heard you start playing, it's almost like, you took the listener back in time. Was that done on purpose? Well, I think I always say that jazz is the closest thing we have to time travel, <laughs> you know, and it, it, it can transport people in, 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 a, in, a, in a fantastic way. Um, you know, like all art can, you know, you look at a good, a good painting and it can transport you somewhere. You see a great movie, it can transport you somewhere. <laughs> and, and we feel we feel like we're, tra we're, we're time traveling. We feel like we're transported in a lot of different art forms. And so that, I'll take that as a big compliment that you were transported. Um, and you know, it has a lot to do with the, with the history. And, and, and I live right here in, in Harlem on Edgecombe Avenue. Duke Ellington lived on this avenue. A lot of the, the musicians lived up in Sugar Hill. Um, and so there's this link uh, that, that's unavoidable to, to, the, to the history. And so, um, you know, when I play, when I play the, the Harlem Stride style, uh, it's gonna, it's gonna remind uh, people of, of Fats Waller and Willie the Lion Smith and James P. Johnson and uh, these stride musicians. And, you know, hopefully I, I can, I can honor them while doing my own thing and, and let my personality shine through and, uh, and, and create something in, in, in the modern day that, that affects people in a similar fashion that it did back then. 
Well, you know, I was so impressed with your album, and it was funny because even this morning I was talking to my wife about it. I said, you got to hear this this jazz album by Emmett Cohen. And I said, it really you know, takes you back in time, but you got to listen to it. And she goes, ask him this question. So I'm going to ask you the question that she wanted me to bring forth. And, I, and it was a really good question, and especially for a, a lot of my viewers and listeners out there. I'd like for them to expand their musical uh, repertoire and boundaries to, to listen to new things and, and jazz, especially your type of jazz is something that we all need to really absorb. <clears throat> and her question was, <clears throat> excuse me, what is the difference between jazz and big band? Mm -hmm. Um, well, to, to, to clarify, um, big band is, a, is, is a style, uh, of, performing that uh, has to do with a large group of musicians um, that there was a popular era in, in, the, in the 30s uh, called the big band era. And there were many great band leaders uh, that went around and played dance halls uh, with, with these big bands. Um, and as, uh, as, as the, the recession came and, and, and things started changing economically, um, the uh, the the musician the band leaders pared down their bands and started taking less musicians on the road you know and all of a sudden there were there was technology where people were playing records and and um, and it was found in every household and there was less there was less need to to have uh, musicians everywhere and so you know musicians always get the short end of the stick when it comes to the when it comes to budget or when it comes to arts funding or any of that stuff. Um, and that, that was that was the first example of that when big band music was the popular era uh, popular era of the time. Um, but but big band music is is a, is a type of jazz. It's one of the one of the jazz eras. And, and it's funny you ask that because one of the things we do uh, is take uh, big band uh, pieces that were written for for large ensembles and pare them down for the trio. So that's my main format: piano, bass, and drums. Um, and so oftentimes I'll take big band music and I'll play it with the trio and orchestrate all the all the parts um, for us. So the the last track on the album is called Bragging and Brass. That's a Duke Ellington number. Um, and uh, what we did was we took the 18 piece band and we, we shrunk it down to three pieces and, and tried to create that feeling. Uh, one, one other thing we do is take solo piano music and expand it out for three people. And so then you have like, uh, you know, you're starting with something smaller and expanding it. Uh, and so we just look for different ways to, to, to paint with the brush and, uh, and, and create different, different experiences for the listener. But that was a great question. Well, I'm going to let her know that that was a great question. So yeah. she'll be very, very happy about that. Now, with in your trio, you have two other members. And I, I watched a, a video, a music video of all three of you playing. Uh, what kind of energy or inspiration do you get with the other two members of the band? Um, well, it, it's it's really cool to be able to have uh, musicians that you play with all the time. And in New York City, there's a large pool of, of musicians um, who all share kind of a similar concept and who all play with each other and travel. And I've been playing with so-and-so for 10 years. And sometimes it's this bass player and sometimes it's this drummer. Um, but to, but, but to, to have musicians on the road, you, you, you become brothers, um, you become family. And then once you, once you, uh, once you become family, then the music uh, aspect takes on something entirely more meaningful. And so, 
you know, we, we, we treat it as a, as this very serious thing. Like, you know, we're going to work, but we're showing up with our family and we're, and, and we're, we, we take this thing very seriously. Um, you know, on the record, we have uh, Russell Hall on bass and Kyle Poole on drums. We also play a lot with Yasushi Nakamura on bass and Philip Norris. And it's important to name these names because uh, because these these uh, these musicians have contributed a lot, not only to, to my trio, but to the to the New York jazz scene and, and to to the happiness and entertainment of, of a lot of people around the world. Um, and so it's a, it's a powerful thing to have a band and, and to to use that to uh, to 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 travel and, and, and to present um, everything we like to present. Well, have you ever had a uh, performance with your trio that after you got done, it just felt like a spiritual awakening or a, a trying to think of the right term here, just a, a, a spiritual experience? experience. Yeah, there's, 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 there's many times, um, you, you know, you don't always get to that, to that feeling um, on every gig, uh, but but there are certain ones where where everything just clicks right, and that's the magic of that's the magic of of music. Sometimes, like the the audiences and the instruments and the hall or the venue, and all the circumstances just click. And sometimes it's just it's just magic, and it's hard, really hard to explain. But after you have a moment like that, um, you know what it feels like. And and uh, you know the more experienced and 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 um, and advanced the musicians are, the more likely that 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 will happen. And the more you play together, uh, the more you the telepath telepathy uh, enters the 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 equation. And and I think someone's going to play something over here, and then they end up playing it, and we play this thing together, and then we stick with it, and it and it and it becomes this this experience where everyone in the room can feel it. It's it's all about playing with the energies. And um, and and sometimes we get to that thing where the energy is just right and you've hit a moment and someone will come up to you after the gig and say, you know, I'll never forget that moment when that thing happened. And that's one of the greatest gifts of, of, of music. It is. that If you were to ever do a live album, what venue would you like to record in? Hmm. Uh, you know, one of the great venues for live recording ever is called the Village Vanguard. It's the oldest club in New York City, 85 years old, and it's on uh, Christopher Street and uh, 7th Avenue, uh, or somewhere down there, uh, 14th Street and 7th Avenue in New York City, and John Coltrane played there, and Bill Evans, and Thelonious Monk, and uh, Sonny Rollins, and everyone recorded there, and it's got this very unique sound in there. That's the, that's the spot for a live record. Oh, man. Well, may, maybe that'll happen one day. <laughs> Well, I play there fairly often, so I, 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 I'm, I'm putting it out to the universe, and, uh, and I'm definitely inviting you, Ward, when, when, when we do it. I, I will definitely be there for that. And uh, so for you, what are some of your favorite pieces to perform? Uh, and I know you've already listened, you know, you mentioned a lot of your favorite composers, but what are the favorite pieces that you do like to play live? Um. You know, I love to uh, to to see who's out listening in the audience, and um, and kind of meet them halfway. It's something that I think uh, a lot of great jazz musicians have done over time. Um, one piece of music that I feel um, bridges a, bridges a very important gap through through every culture, every everywhere in the world uh, is when we perform somewhere over the rainbow. Um, people people just people just relate to that song in a very special way 
and I, I, it's maybe the song of the tw of the twentieth century or something like that. But everywhere we go, people don't speak English. They you know they still feel that, and um, and it's this this beautiful thing. Uh, that's one thing that comes to mind. You know, I also love performing my original compositions, and um, you know, I, I love I love uh, just creating on, on the spot and kind of like. You know, sometimes we treat the sets like a like a live DJ. You know, we'll go in and I'll try this tune and see how the audience reacts. And if they react in a certain way, I'll, we'll follow that. You know, and if and if you know it's getting a little, you know, the energy's getting a little lower, we'll we'll pivot and take it somewhere else. And to do that as a band, it's almost like live DJing as as a band and cr creating this energy. Uh, it's a very special thing about the music. You know, it's funny that you mentioned "Somewhere Over the Rainbow." Not only is it my mother-in-law's favorite song. But it's also the number one most famous song according to the Library of Congress. Yeah. So it's just a part of American history. Yeah. Uh, it's part worlds. of music and cinema history, which is very rare for a song to do to, to cover two uh, industries. Yeah, and, and and people all over the world they identify with that song. I think it's 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 kind of a beacon of hope for a lot of people and they, they it reminds them that, that better times lie ahead um, and they have a lot to look forward to in, 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 in their life. And, you know, a rainbow is a magical thing. You know, you, you don't think about it too often, but when you do see one, you know, it, it makes you think about a lot of things in, 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 in your life. Like, you know, how can that type of beauty exist? And uh, it's, the same, it's the same with within the music. Well, you know, it's funny. It's the rainbow is the thing that literally stops us in our tracks if we're walking down the street and we look up into the sky and we see one it's almost like you're trying to capture a magical moment yeah. you know if you're driving down the highway and you see one you're trying to pull out your smartphone just to try to hopefully get a decent picture of it because we don't see them very often but they are very magical and i can see where that one song being played in any venue just brings a whole new emotion and vibe to the audience. I, I can see it. Yeah, it's special. Well, in 2019, you won the American Pianist Cole Porter Fellowship Award. Did the lockdown hinder you from taking any advantage of that award? Um, wow. Uh, well, that, that was about a year before the lockdown. Um, and one of the things that came out of the, the competition was, uh, was a record deal with this uh, company called Mac Avenue Records. And then I ended up putting out two records with them. Um, you know, we were very fortunate during the pandemic uh, to have started this live stream and, and we had our own kind of lane and created our own, our own market disruptor, if you will, um, where we made this online jazz club. Um, and so, you know, I think, the closing of one door was was uh, all of our gigs getting canceled, and that was a very nerve-wracking feeling in, in, in 2020. Uh, I remember being in Canada, and you know all the news was going around, and, and at first it was like this gig is canceled, this week is canceled, oh this this you know this thing they 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 canceled it, and it was like oh no oh no 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 until it was we realized like oh everything's canceled. Um, <laughs> And then it was like, okay, we're in Canada and we need to get home before this border closes in, in however many hours. Um, and so we did that, got home safely. And, uh, and you know, from an artistic standpoint, um, it was almost like a clean slate. You know, we had all these opportunities, I mean, all these engagements and all these things that we had to do. And all of a sudden they melted away. And it was, it was time to 
to, to just sit back and think and, and kind of try to understand what, uh, what, what else was out there in, in, in the world when everything is stripped away. And, um, you know, from an artist per, 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 uh, perspective, you know, a lot of, a lot of the people I know, they said it was a really, um, it was a really fruitful time to, to be able to think and create and, and all that. And obviously we call it a silver lining because we wish it's this, this, this thing didn't happen at all. Um, but it, but it, it put a, put a big break in the, in the, in the huge, spinning wheel of, uh, of capitalism just for a moment. And uh, everyone had to just like, you know, sit back and say, you know, oh, I, all the time in the world right now, what am I gonna do with that time? And um, I think, you know, more than, more than not being able to take advantage, it, it, was, a, it was a time to, to reflect. You know, was, I was able to reflect on the, on the past number of years. I've been in New York eight years at that point. I've been in New York 10 years now. Um, and just, you know, it's life can get busy, it can get crazy. And you don't often have time to sit back and like think about, you know, how things went, how things should go in the future and, and what's important. Well, it's funny because when it all hit, um, I was interviewing other recording artists. And during that time, immediately it happened to everybody in one fell swoop. Tours were canceled. And even though they said, It'll only be two weeks till we flatten the curve. But it wasn't just two weeks of gigs being canceled. It was a month, two months, complete tours gone in a matter of a couple of weeks. Uh, was it difficult for you and, and other musicians, especially in New York, because y'all had one of the toughest lockdowns, was it tough <coughs> to find a way to make a living? Um, it was, it was, it was incredibly challenging for a lot of people. Um, and it required a pivot in that time. Um, and one of the things that, that I did, I always had in, in mind that the whole world is trending. This is the entrepreneurial brain in me. Um, the whole world is trending towards subscription. You know, if you look at Apple, you know, they have their iCloud thing. If you look at Google, they've got Google Drive, Amazon, Netflix, and Fresh Direct to get groceries. Everything has a, wants you to subscribe and pay a, pay a monthly or yearly fee or whatever it is. And I said, you know, like as artists, we should be thinking about this too. Um, and, you know, it's different from like a Kickstarter, uh, more similar to maybe like a platform like Patreon. But I said, hey, you know, I don't want to do this on Patreon and, you know, give my thing away to them. So we built something on my website. It's called Emmett Cohen exclusive. And uh, that's, that's basically a membership program where people can, can sign up for, for the year. And uh, what they get in return is, is my albums when they come out um, merchandise, when they come out. So we made uh, cool mugs that said Emmett's place on them uh, and, and stuff like that. And so uh, I, I, I tried to, to filter everyone in through that and started this membership program and got a couple hundred uh, member members of it who wanted to support what we do fully around and then uh and then that was that that was a kind of a um a way for us to keep to keep going and to do creative things like then uh that helped us uh, with the live stream and get new equipment and and um it, it just fed itself um and and so we were able to pivot pretty quickly and started this membership program which is still up and thriving now and you know i never thought it made sense to sell 
uh, the you know the records you come out every year to the same people who want to buy them. You know, maybe we they can develop a, a trust thing, keep it on a on a on a yearly retainer, and and uh, and then it supports what we do all year round. And if I want to teach a masterclass for underprivileged kids, there's a fund of money that I can then go pay the band. And and you know, there's different things that that I think it, it just required a a, 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 a creative um, angle. And I think that was our creative angle. And obviously everyone needs to figure out what works best for them. But um, but we were able to do that during the pandemic. And if anyone's interested on, in that, you can check it out right on my website. It's just emmettcohen.com and uh, and the exclusive tab. So, you know, we have we have our people that are that are close to us that want to support us. And um, and that really helped us get through the pandemic. Well, I will tell you this, Emmett. I think it was a brilliant idea. And one thing we do on my show and all of my viewers and my listeners know what I'm about to say, because I say it with every recording artist that uh, I interview when we tell them you buy the music, you buy the merch. If it's a t-shirt, a hoodie, a coffee mug. And then when they come to your area, you buy the concert ticket and you go have some fun and enjoy the music of your favorite artists, your favorite bands, because we're big supporter of those that are independent recording artists. Not everybody has a fancy record label, and even those that do have a record label, maybe it's not Columbia, maybe it's not the big record companies out there, but ladies and gentlemen, you have got to support these recording artists. Stop downloading for free okay let's just call it what it is it's a sin to every recording artist it doesn't help them and and you really backed up i actually cut a video a few days ago emmett that i was letting everyone know buy the music due to the fact that even during the pandemic many people in the music industry lost their way of life from from musicians to road crews to bus drivers and you know we got to you know if we want to keep hearing great music like you bring to us, we got to do our part and support people like you. And again, it's all about buying the music. And ladies and gentlemen, here's what you need to do right now: you got to buy the brand new album from Emmett Cohen, "Uptown in Orbit." I will tell you this: you will fall in love if you if you've not been a jazz fan before. You're going to be a jazz fan now. And Emmett, what's up next for you? Um, wow. Well, I appreciate that plug, you know, buying music is really important. Um, and you know, every artist needs to be supported in a different way too. So, you know, find out the way that you can connect with the artist. And, you know, we we're on YouTube, uh, streaming almost every Monday night, you know, uh, even, even a like and a share can go a long way. I have a, I have a newsletter. Uh, we send out updates every Monday morning. If you go to my website, you can check it out there, put your email in. Those are great ways to stay in touch with even, without even spending, you know, a dollar. Um, so there's other ways to support too, which, which I just wanted to mention. And, uh, <clears throat> wow. Uh, just got back from, from Asia. I'm playing in New York this weekend at a club called smoke jazz club. Uh, we have a, a nice run, uh, May 2023 20, uh, at birdland jazz club. And, uh, we're on, on the road pretty much full time, uh, headed to Europe in, in a few weeks. Um, got a few Midwest states before in Chicago and Grand Rapids, Indianapolis, St. Louis, uh, Lawrence, Kansas, outside of uh, outside of uh, Kansas City. 
And yeah, we're on the road pretty much full time. So the best way to stay in touch is to put your email into the website or check out our tour schedule and uh, stay up to date when we come to an area uh, near you. We'd love to uh, we, we'd love to meet you. Well, I will tell you this. I'm going to EmmettCohen.com. I'm going to sign up for the newsletter and I'm checking out the albums and I'm checking out the merch. I expect all of my viewers and my listeners to do, to do the exact same thing. As I've always said, music makes the world go around. It is music that makes memories. And for us to continue to have those fun times and to have those memories, we got to keep supporting people like Emmett Cohen and everybody else out there bringing forth the most incredible music you have ever heard. Emmett, I am so glad that you were on my show today. Ward, you're wonderful to talk to, and I'm so glad we met. And you're going to have to come up to our live stream in Harlem, one of our rent parties. So you let me know when you're, uh, when you're in the area and you got, a, you got yourself a front row seat. Uh, it would be great to see you in person. And uh, in the meantime, we'll see you online. And I uh, look forward to, to coming back on uh, soon and, and sharing some more, more, uh, more love with you. Hey, Emmett, you are welcome back on the show anytime, and I'm going to take you up on that because I, I, I want to see live at Emmett's place in person. So when I head to New York, I will definitely let you know. So if you're not out touring the world, I definitely want to have that front row seat. And ladies and gentlemen, you want a front row seat right now? Go to EmmettCohen.com. Get his brand new album, Uptown in Orbit. I will tell you this. You will feel every note. You'll experience every song as it is meant to be experienced. You will, again, fall in love with jazz, all because of the incredible talent of Emmett Cohen and his trio. So, ladies and gentlemen, stick around because I will be right back with more.